on this week's episode of The Fizz, we recap the first week of NHL action. After doing that, we move into the Detroit Lions and their official hiring of Dan Campbell as head coach. Once we get done with that, we talk about the NFL last weekend and what's going to happen this weekend in the AFC and NFC championships. Once we conclude there, we move into over-under. But before we get into all that, I do want to tell you guys about our awesome sponsor, which is Selva Tees. Their website has officially launched, which means you guys can log on and go order yourself an abundance of amazing tees. They currently offer eight tees on their website right now. And let me tell you guys, these tees do everything. These many unique plants around the world contain loads of different healthy nutrients, such as antioxidants, vitamins, and everything else in between. Drinking these beneficial herbs, which can be found in Selva teas, may help fight colds, improve digestion, lower cholesterol, stimulate the immune system, you name it. Selva tea features some of these many plants throughout your jungles and other interesting ecosystems all over the globe. Now, I drink a cup of this stuff every day, and let me tell you, there is stuff for everybody. They have caffeinated teas, uncaffeinated teas, it tastes great, hot, or cold. They offer large sizes, small sizes, and everything in between. So guys, if you guys like tea, if your significant other likes tea, if you support the show and you want to support us, go support our sponsor, Selva Teas. The good news is, too, on your first order, you can use the code FIZZ10 for 10% off your first order. So go on to selvateas.com, go check them out, order a small bag. They have prices that go all the way down to $4, and then if you love their stuff, it goes all the way up to 20 So go check it out. I drink tea every day, and I'm feeling pretty regulated. I'm feeling pretty good in my system. My digestive system is feeling pretty good. So go check them out. They're a great company, working real hard, and if you support us, go support them. That's selvateas.com. Follow them on social and use the code FIZZ10 for 10% off. Selvatees, the roots of health begin in the jungle. But now, let's get into the fizz. Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chalk with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of The Fizz. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I am downtown Detroit in an undisclosed location with my partner, J.U. J.U., how are we doing today? I'm good, Frank. Uh, It's a great week. I'm excited uh, for the show. Lots to talk about. Oh, yeah. We got a lot to talk about. Turn of the year, new year, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I think a lot of people got a lot more hope coming into this year. I just feel like... At some point this year, we're going to get fans back in the stands. Oh, definitely. I definitely think that's something that's going to happen. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of uh, when, not a matter of if anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, anything exciting happened to you over the weekend, Jay? Yeah, I had a lot of good things that happened to me. Are we on the good news, bad news right now? Yeah, we can go on the good news, bad news. (laughs) Okay, so my good news is kind of... It's it's very it's a heartfelt good news. Yeah. All right. And my good news is the Bills Mafia. Uh, oh yeah, of course. All right. And you know, but when you think of Bills Mafia, you think jumping off tables, you think setting themselves on fire, chugging Correct. beers, everything All of that. like yeah, that. Yeah, I do. But what a lot of people don't see is the charitable side of Bills Mafia. Okay. Um, 
a while back, uh, Josh Allen's grandmother passed away. Um, they donated. This started with increments of $17 for his number okay. uh, to Oshai Children's Hospital in Buffalo. So the Bills Mafia has raised over a million dollars. Wow. You know, in his grandmother's honor. That's impressive. And uh, the hospital named a wing, uh, you know, after his grandmother. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to this past week. The Bills played the Ravens. The Bills beat the Ravens. Now Bills Mafia started donating money to Lamar Jackson's charity. Oh, no way. Uh, Blessings in Backpacks. So far, the Bills Mafia since last Saturday have donated over $400,000 to Lamar Jackson's charity. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And uh, so that's just, you know, some feel-good stuff that the Bills Mafia, they get. And, uh, you know, they don't get enough credit for those kind of things. Yeah. So what got um, everyone on Lamar's um, charity? Like, what? how'd that happen? Um, usually it's just, um, you know, obviously they played him. He got hurt in the game. Right. And, um when he was leaving, uh, when there were some Bills fans at the airport, and he came over, he took pictures with them, he signed autographs for them. And, uh, you know, so this is just some things that the Bills Mafia do. A few years back, when Cincinnati knocked Baltimore out of the playoffs, they donated money to Andy Dalton's charity because the Bills got in because Cincinnati beat Baltimore, and so therefore the Bills needed them to win. So they donated a ton of money in his honor. When did to I don't even charity. remember when since he beat the Ravens. That's, that's it wild. was uh, 2017 or 18 because the Bills had to beat Miami and then Cincinnati had to beat Baltimore and they got in and yeah. it was, you know it was like the first time the Bills got into the playoffs yeah. in decades yeah so so great for bill's mafia excellent love, for bill's love mafia. to hear that i mean they, and they're just riding high so they're they're willing to do whatever oh they yeah want right exactly I mean, you, you can tell them anything right now and, and they're gonna they're gonna give to the right cause. and so so all the gear you got on right now is so i see they sent you the obviously the afc east yes hat. you got your hat on right now got the hat on and the hat's fresh as fresh as fuck fresh looks as good fuck. looks good on you it looks crispy but so did it what is this new stuff or is this is this old gear you've had uh this is just a gear i've accumulated through uh through the legends community and what the Legends community is, every team has, you know, their Legends community. It's like the former players that played there. They call them Legends. Okay. And so the Bills Legends community, there's a Lions Legends community. There is? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Every form, every team has Lions a Legends community. Lions won't even pay Calvin Johnson, so I'm just surprised that they're, you know, <laughs> calling them Legends and stuff like that. Yeah, if you're wondering where I got my little pullover here, I think it was on the clearance section at Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> I think I've had this thing since college. So glad that we've discussed our outfits. Um, is that all you had for, I mean, that, that, not that that wasn't enough. That's no, yeah. That, that's my that's my good news. That is way better news than what I have. Yours is much more wholesome. Maybe not better news, but it's that's more what wholesome. I'm saying. It was a wholesome. more like a yeah. feel good, heartwarming story. You know, like I said, 2021's off to a good start. Yeah, I gotta say, it just feels like you are just glowing lately. But you're also like you're, you're like glowing, and you're like very like grateful for where you're at with the Bills right now. I feel like you're so. Uh, excited about the Bills and how far they are in the playoffs that you're almost like you're not nervous to say the wrong thing but you just you don't want to say the wrong thing to like mess up what you guys have going right now oh exactly I'm very superstitious so you don't want to keep keep doing things the same way yeah and uh, you know just don't want to as they say, put the cart before the horse. Yeah, or mess up any of the juju. Right, exactly. Is it, is it killing you that you're not in Buffalo? Like, would like would you normally be in Buffalo if it wasn't a pandemic? Oh, I'll be going to the games if it wasn't a pandemic. Yeah, 100%. I would be at every, yeah, those, the past two games, yeah. I definitely would have been there. Yeah, well, I can't wait to get into that game more. Um, but for now, we will move into 
uh, my good news, and my good news is pretty simple, and it's like kind of the opposite of your wholesome news. Mine's kind of degenerate news, but <laughs> I we, love degenerate. Well, news. yeah, I mean, I'm a degenerate, so like pretty much any news for me. Uh, sports gambling legal in Michigan on Friday. All the apps, all the sports books, it's all open. It's real. It's happened. It's here. Finally, I downloaded my my uh, app uh, a few weeks ago now. That that uh, MGM, dude, I that got bet them all. MGM. I got I'm, them all. I'm ready. I, I already loaded money on my account. Oh yeah. Nice. Oh, you're just waiting to pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, I, we I I went with the Barstool one, the MGM one, the FanDuel, and the DraftKings. They all were doing some sort of giveaway, and. You know, I was kind of talking to my buddies about the whole gambling thing because I was like, yeah, I turned into a real dork about it. And I actually felt I, I like took the steam off. You know, my buddy texts me. and He's like, it's about to be legal. I'm so excited. I said, what are you so excited about? Doesn't that mean it's just like tax now? Doesn't mean it's taxed because, you know, we, we got a guy who does like does our bets. It's not like we're not betting here. So I was kind of like curious what he was so excited about. And I didn't mean to take the, you know, the, the steam out of his engines or anything. But you get all these free bets, and he was like, well, I'm just pumped because I'm going to place these ridiculous future bets with all these free money I have and just hope I hit a Hail Mary. Right. So, like, you know, something like if you put, you know, 100 bucks of your free money on Cole Beasley to win the MVP and then you parlay it with Michigan State winning the national championship, <laughs> you're, you're looking at, like, a $500,000 payout or something like that. Right. Yeah. So So a question with that is, like, do you feel like – it's it, does now does betting lose some of the luster because it's legal? Um, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I don't really think so because it's it's kind of we've kind of been warming up to it for like a long time. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. But isn't it? Don't you get more of a a rush if you go into the local mom and pop grocery store and you go to the back and for, play the numbers? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm sure if like I was betting Soprano style, <laughs> like it was you know like the fucking 1960s. <laughs> Maybe, but it's just a guy with an app, and it's it's not like that dirty or sneaky. Yeah, or see, it, it kind of takes some of the luster out of it. I don't know, like the these underground apps that we use, like are are so shitty. They're like horribly <laughs> designed. Like, so it's kind of nice to have like a legally built app with actual money behind it. So I don't know, it's not really too much of the luster for me. It wasn't like I loved smoking pot illegally, you know. And now that it's legal, it's like, damn it, I, I wanted to break the law. No, it just kind of like takes a little bit of the anxiety away. To be honest with you yeah i don't know it's kind of like day drinking for me day drinking's legal yeah but when you do day drinking it feels like you're getting away with something <laughs> yeah true true <laughs> true i got gotcha. you so. yeah i understand that i so I, yeah I, I can feel you on that um i will start with the bad news we'll, we'll sandwich this one you can do the top and the bottom i'll do my bad news here uh and you know i haven't read i'll just start off by saying this is i haven't read any articles uh, differing from this opinion, but I know people do have differing opinions on this, but at least for me on the surface, I don't know if you know who Kwame Kilpatrick is. Oh, yeah, I know Kwame. Yeah, Kwame, former mayor, <laughs> mayor of Detroit who stole a bunch of money, stole navigators, there's a whole scandal, everything. The guy's just a con man. He's a straight-up con man. Uh, he was pardoned today, eight years into his 28-year sentence, uh, pardoned with 20 years left. He is now a free man. So, Well, technically... He's out of prison, but he still has to pay restitution. And I saw it was over four million dollars. I heard it's it's over eleven. Oh yeah, see, yeah. look at that. And this, whatever job he has, is going to get garnished. So shit, <laughs> you might as well stay in prison. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true, true. Uh, and you know, I just I just looked at a bunch of his numbers, and he just stole a ton of money. 
from the from Detroit and never paid taxes. And it, this guy just keeps finding his way out of out of prison. Right, and I I did see that today, and I you know started to not not being from Detroit, you know. Grown, I heard the name, you know, I knew about him a little bit, but now there's just so much sketchy, sketchy shit that went on with him. There was like a, a girl was killed, oh. uh, and now her family's pissed off about this, and it's it's just a lot of sketchy shit that happened. Yeah. with it. Do you ever watch uh, American Greed on CNBC with that guy with the crazy voice? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a big American Greed guy. There's one on Kwame. I gotta go check it out just to oh. just to be reminded of all the things. So I, then I can make like a full decision on if I'm pissed off or not. <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of people, a lot of prominent people are saying his sentence was too harsh, but um, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Some people are saying that and some people are, I mean, he was a smart, talented guy. Like a lot of people did have his back when he first like rose up um, in the city of Detroit. So maybe he'll do good, but who knows? We'll see. Um, just on the surface, that guy took a lot from Detroit. So I wasn't happy to see him just walk as a free man today. <laughs> right. Well, see, and now you're, you know, my bad news is like, you know, you actually have some news <laughs> news and here I am just pissed off because I'm back in Michigan and there's no gas station hot dogs <laughs> this week. So it's like... What the hell, you know, how can I follow, you know, Kwame getting pardoned and you're upset about it and here all I'm upset about, I went to the local 7-Eleven and uh, the wheel, the rolly wheels are stopped. To be completely fair with you though, though, J.U., like no hot dogs at the gas stations in Michigan does affect my life more directly than Kwame being free. Like my life's not going to change now that Kwame's free. It's just something I'm like going to never think about again, quite honestly, after we leave this room. And, the, but you not getting hot dogs, like, you know, you might get ornery for a few days on the, you know, exactly. I got to deal with you. Exactly. And, and if you're ornery, that affects my life directly. Directly. So yeah, no, no juicy plump Franks for you. Uh, and I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> juicy plump Franks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've caught up with each other from the last week, let's talk before we get into our main story, let's talk a little uh, hockey catch-up, Jay. So you've been watching your Sabres this year? Yeah, I the, the only game I watched, uh, they won Okay. Uh, when they played the Flyers. Which, which is their only win of the season. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of had a feeling that was the only game you watched just because like, I hadn't heard much from, from the Sabres all year, and then all of a sudden they win one game and you're like And I'm just posting and, and just going yeah. crazy? Yeah, exactly. It was a big win, 6-1. 6-1, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's their only win of the season. Uh, they are 1-3. And, and I have to I have to admit something to you too, Jay. The next – so these Red Wings games, I have this, or these NHL games – uh, they're playing them. They're playing each team two games at a time. Right. So my theory now with betting, with hockey, is in that game two, it's a it's I don't want to say it's safe, but like I have a tendency to just take the team that lost the night before because <laughs> it's just tough to beat a team back to back no matter what. Exactly. You know, you make adjustments and uh, you know come out and you're you're right. That is not a bad strategy betting yeah and i mean it could absolutely blow up in my face like nothing makes sense in sports especially with sports gambling but i did test the theory for the first time yesterday and i used it against i used it against your sabers i did i did <laughs> and, and especially because they got embarrassed six to one mm-hmm. obviously philly's a good team too but like because they were embarrassed six to one i was like Philly's going to come out and they're going to win this game by at least one and a half, and they won three nothing. The Sabres got shut out after putting up six the night prior. Right, exactly. And you know, I was going to say before, like they're not the Sabres aren't playing too bad. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a couple, you know, core guys, but they don't have that full complement of that they can 
go on a wild run. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the that's the disappointing thing right now. And I'm sure you see it in, in your in your wings as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like put finding that final piece of the puzzle that, you know, you can actually sit back and say, Yeah, we got a team now that we can make a run. Right. You know, in the future. And that you know, that's a big thing right now where Buffalo is. And um, I don't know how they can uh, bounce bounce from that and, you know, get that key piece. I don't know as much about of where they should be or where they're supposed to be or where the fan base thinks they should be. The only consolation with Detroit is like if they went 0-56, that would be, like, pretty surprising. But we'd be like, ah, we're rebuilding, you know? Like, so anything that we get right now is just kind of, like, feel good. And and the fact that the Wings are 2-2 two and two after, like, losing the first game in their two-game series is pretty promising. And there's just way more fight in the Red Wings than I saw last year. Right, but, you know, like, with that, with Buffalo, like you said, you know, if you look, went 50, like, I would rebuild it, but Buffalo's been rebuilding since, that's what I'm, yeah. you know, Ryan Miller was there. That's the last time we right, were good. Right, And that's, what, 2010? So that's what I'm saying, like, where you're at fan base-wise. See, right. for us, like, the Wings, we got some years to buffer. Like, we won for so long. Iserman's now here, and he's like, okay, we're rebuilding. So, like, we're cool to chill for a little bit. Obviously, right. no one likes just, like, sucking ass, but it's like, you know, if you're going to suck ass, you... At least we know we're in the suck ass phase. We're in suck ass phase. Well, you know, sucking ass is the new thing nowadays. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. So glad the Red Wings are on trend with sucking ass with all the kids. So it's good for you know the young viewership. Get Definitely. Back, get back into the, get back into the game. Um, so just a couple notes about the Red Wings. Again, like I said, pretty pumped about the scrappy start. Um, game one. Uh, was like the worst Red Wings game I've ever watched in my life. They had 14 shots on goal and they lost three to nothing to Carolina. Not easy to bounce back after that. It looked like it was going to be another horrible season. And then they bounced back on your boys' B day. Ended up beating <laughs> Carolina in the in their own barn. It was Eisenberg giving you a birthday gift. Yeah, that was it. That was 100 percent it. That was all it. Stevie Y got in the locker room, probably the sacred ground, started tearing the boys up for losing. <laughs> said, "Hey, my boys turning 30 today. You better get out there and get them a dub." And they did. And they absolutely did. Uh, some highlights from the week with the Wings on uh, whenever they played Columbus. I think they played Columbus on Monday. Yeah, because they played back-to-back -back Monday. Dylan Larkin got into a fight with his best friend, Zach Rowenski, which is pretty cool. So I don't know if you heard this story, Jay. But Dylan Larkin, captain of the Wings, uh, Zach Rowenski, young guy, defenseman on Columbus. I really want him to play for Detroit one day, and I, I just think he will. He's from the area. He's got a house in Gross Point. He, there's like no fans allowed at the game, obviously, but some of the players are allowed to bring their families. Mm -hmm. And Dylan gave him his tickets, like for his parents to come. So, so Zach Rowinski's parents were at the game, and then at the end of the game, the two got in like a full-on gloves off, like fist fight, which well, is wild. Yeah, you know that's and that makes for you know a great story. You know when you're kick back drinking beer in the off season be like, <laughs> yeah. hey remember the time i kicked your ass on the ice yeah you know. so like i know you probably played against a few of your boys like <laughs> in the league and stuff like is it like i always thought it was interesting like when you have friends or ex-teammates and they're out there and i mean they were in a full-blown like fist fight you know they're throwing haymakers at each other like you know playing the game like you know what is that like when you're out there with someone and like i mean it's just a different you know you're doing your job out there right 
Oh, yeah, you're definitely doing your job. But when you play against uh, a former teammate, be it a college teammate or, you know, on a different team, a guy that you have a good relationship with, they're going to be they're going to try whatever they can to get under your skin. Yeah. And have you, you know, throw a punch and then they would just sit back and laugh about it. And then at the end of the game, obviously, you know, you guys will hug it out and, uh, you know, everything will be great. But, uh, you know, they'll definitely try to get under your skin in some way, shape and form, especially, you know, if you're an officer offensive player and they're a defensive player you know they're gonna because they can get away with a lot more from the defensive side of things so who's the guy on the saints right it's the saints who like every like keeps getting punched in the face and like really gets under everyone's skin who who is that i forgot his name but like what the fuck do you think he's saying to people <laughs> like remember when anthony miller just came up behind him and like punched him in the face right like what the hell is he saying is he, is he like literally banging everyone's mom in the nfl <laughs> no he's he's probably He's probably going doing a deep dive of reading bios of guys, you know, before they play them. And uh, and it's a thing, you know, guys will go in and, you know, find out, you know, some deep information, follow them on Instagram, follow their girlfriends on Instagram and say, hey, I slid into your girl's DM, Shit. you know, last night. Hey, I, is your girl sitting? I left tickets at the at will call for her, <laughs> you know, different things like that, you know, to get yeah. under your skin. Yeah. And uh, there, you know, there's one guy like that on every team that you know, is known for that. Did you ever talk shit? Were you a shit talker at all? No, I was not a shit talker. I, you know, for some reason, I was just surprisingly quiet, you know, in college towards the end of my college career, I started to do a little talking. Yeah. But other than that, you know, I didn't really talk much. I was always dead silent. Always. Yeah. Always. You know, looking back now, I wish I was a shit talker. I do too. I think it would have just added confidence to <laughs> my game. But. Right. You know, whatever. Not not part of it, I guess. So one thing I wanted to show you here, uh, I got this clip. And, you know, once you start watching more Red Wings games and stuff, like the announcers are legendary in Detroit. Like uh, Ken Daniels, Mickey Redman, they've been together for 24 years on the air. Uh, and like Mickey Redman played for the Red Wings, uh, 50 goal scorer for the Wings. And he's just like legendary. He's already in like the Broadcasters Hall of Fame. And he's kind of like... He's old school. Like, he's really old school. So, like, he hates all, like, the new calls, like, all the stuff the uh, the kids are doing these days. Like, he always makes fun of it. So, one thing I wanted you to hear is this clip. And I want you to tell me, you know, like, what you think you hear here. So, give me one second. Okay, here we go. Listen. Yikes! <laughs> so what did you hear? That is the best fucking power play. Yeah, so right? Okay, so like everyone sent me this clip today. Everyone. And they were like, can you believe he said that? One more time for everybody out there. So everyone sent this to me, and there are, like, pictures of Mickey Redmond giving the middle finger. Like, he's blue-collar. He's not above saying this. This was sent to me. I was like, what's the issue? I hear uh, that is the best-looking power play I've seen in four games. Do you, do you really hear that? I really do. Like, the first time I sent it, I was like, what are you showing me? Like, I don't hear... Can we play it one more time? Yeah, of course. So, like, I have a theory on this, but here we go. No, definitely fucking power play. So this is is becoming Detroit Red Wings version of 
the white dress, blue dress, <laughs> right. the Laurel Yanny. <laughs> and I would be lying to you if I said, like, I'm happy that I hear looking. But I, I wish I heard fucking. But, like, if I try to hear fucking, I hear fucking. But the first time I sent it, there was no context, nothing. And they were like, you got to post this. And I was like, why? And they're like, he says the best fucking power play that they've had. Definitely fucking power play. <laughs> okay, we're going with fucking that. <laughs> Good, I love that. I love that. But the fact is, you know, he can get away with it because he's old. Yeah. You know, it's... it's no, he 100% can. You can just get away with that fact. Yeah, and he's been on the air since, you know, like, fuck, since I was six years old. Like, the guy is not going anywhere. They're never going to fire him. Even if he just flat out said, like, yeah, I said that, you know, they would <laughs> never, ever, like, get him in trouble for that. Right. So, so he's your, that's the choice guy. Buffalo has a guy just like him, Rick Jennerette. You know, he's a... Uh, uh, the longtime play-by-play guy for the Sabers as well, so they're they're all in that same boat, old school guys. Yeah, yeah. He always gets in trouble for complaining about the refs and all all that stuff. So that that's Mickey for you, and I just thought that was was awesome. But hey, Red Wings are two and two. Like I said, the Larkin note with the fight was pretty good, and also Bobby Ryan, a guy trying to revive his career, had to go to alcohol rehab a couple times. He is now the leading scorer in the NHL. Uh, with, I believe, four goals in the three games that he's played. Good for him. Playing with a clear mind now. He's ready to go. Yeah, and uh, he's very open about it, and everyone, I think, in the league is rooting for Bobby Ryan. So that is an exciting story to tell. And Red Wings goaltending looks absolutely great. Red Wings have a very strong goalie tandem, top one of the tops in the NHL. Well, can they send some of that love to Buffalo? Yeah, right, right. (laughs) All right, now that we have caught up on the NHL, we talked a little Wings, a little Sabres, did our good news, bad news. Let's get into our main story of the day. Jay, I've been dying to talk to you about this all day, all day, but the Lions have officially signed in today on a six-year deal. The Saints' former tight end coach, Dan Campbell. Dan the man. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, no other offers, no other interest from any other team in the NFL. This is the Lions guy. Can we start the nickname for him at Soup? We At Soup? You want to go Soup? A lot of people are just calling him like, they're saying the Dan, the myth, the legend. There's a lot to be, there's a lot for this guy. This guy is an internet this guy is a lot of content. Here. I like soup yeah. because it's Campbell. Yeah, Campbell I get it. soup. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so then we can get him an endorsement and then, you know. If, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, we can work on it. We have to play with it. We have to see what this guy brings, though. I'm not just going to name him on the first day. Soup! Because I have a lot of ideas for a nickname for this guy. <laughs> there's, like, a lot that we could do with this Val guy. Venus. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> so let's let's just back up. Let's read... Let's read a little bit of like his notable details. He's the fifth former Lions player to be named a full-time head coach for the team. He was on the Lions. I, I know he was on the team during the 0-16 season. I'm pretty sure he was on IR, but he's got he played like two or three years for the Lions. In his five seasons coaching with the Saints, which was from 2016 to 2020, uh, the Saints led the team in yards, points scored, and total touchdowns. The Saints also ranked third in the NFL with 56 wins in that span. I think that stat is like a, like has is ridiculous to ever apply to Dan Campbell since he was just the tight ends coach, and Sean Payton is doing all the work there with Drew Brees and everyone else around him. Uh, but Dan Campbell appeared in 114 games, 76 starts, totaled 91 receptions for 934 yards, and 11 touchdowns in a 10-year career with the Giants. Dallas, Detroit, and New Orleans. Do you what? Do you know this guy? Like, did you know this guy before today? 
Yes, I knew of him before today. Before uh, the Lions had any interest in him. Correct, yeah. Yeah. I knew of him uh, back when he was an interim head coach for the Dolphins. Right, and I forgot, I always forget he did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I want to get your thoughts on this before I go in. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay, so from an outside perspective, like, as a Lions fan, this is an extremely frustrating hire you're bringing in a tight ends position coach who has no coordinator experience and is just essentially here to change the culture and be a rah-rah guy um and i think that's exactly why they brought him in in fact i have a um i have like a couple of texts from my buddy who summed it up very very well i thought and this is exactly how i feel There is absolutely no reason as a Lions fan to trust this process that they have at all. And this is what he texted me in four texts. He goes, dude, it's really hard not to laugh at what they are doing. You have the GM in a scouting role without the final say on what they're doing as an organization. You have a rookie head coach with zero coordinator experience, and they're all reporting to a non-football president. So you take all that, you sum up, you you put together that they haven't won the division in my life, don't have a playoff victory since 91, and no Super Bowl appearances in the Super Bowl era. It's hard for me to have a lot of faith in this process that just went down or to like this hire whatsoever. Is it my turn? Well, you can you can just talk to me. Like I, I don't have to. You, just want, go. you want me to talk you into liking the pick, or I, what do you want I, me to do? I just want you to tell me how you feel about it. All right. First of all, I think it's really crazy a six year deal. It, it's crazy. It's like I how, understand a four year, a five year, six seems odd. It's nuts. When usually you give a coach three years. Yes. That's, that's when you give a coach. That's when you know if it's the make or break point. It's that three-year period there. Sometimes four. So that's odd to me. Six-year deals are for college coaches. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And now, you know, shout out to him. He was part of the – he's in the Hall of Fame um, as part, Dan Campbell. For what? It's the 0-16 team. That oh, they right. have a – their pictures in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, you know, he played. He played the game. He played 11 years. Um, the play- players are going to love him. Okay. Players are going to absolutely love this guy. When this hire came through, and today when I was doing my research, you know, for the show, you know, because I, you know, research for the show and do my homework. Yeah. Because I'm no rookie. Yeah. I reached out to... Um, of a, a, a guy who's in the NFL circle right now and asked him about this, you know, what he thought about this. Cause he was in Miami when Dan Campbell was there. Okay. He said it's, it's a great pick. All right. He said it's a great choice. So from that, he's a, so for me and from talking to different players and from what I know of this guy, he's a great motivator. He's going to get the guys ready to go. He's going to rally the troops. Um, Players will run through a fucking wall for this guy. Okay. Once he he gets talking to you, he almost, you know, I'm not going to compare him to Ray Lewis in that speech category there, mm-hmm. but he's going to get the guys motivated, get the guys fired up that at the end of his talk, they're going to want to run through a fucking wall. Okay. Um, not everyone is cut out to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. And not everyone's not cut out to be a head coach either. 
So you can't take away from the fact that he doesn't have any, you know, play calling experience. It doesn't matter okay. in this day. All he has to do, and he's on the right track with the – He's bringing in the guy from the Saints to be the defensive coordinator. It, so, so apparently we heard that was one thing I was going to talk about is Aaron Glenn bringing in you know a former first round pick, twelfth overall, played for the Jets for like fourteen seasons. Aaron Glenn, apparently that was announced prematurely, and he's still accepting offers. He's still fielding offers. So I don't think that's a done deal yet. So that that was another point I was going to bring up. Like, what the fuck's going on with Aaron Glenn? I think he's going to come in. Okay. Um, as so, the DC. As the DC. Yeah. Um. He has to get himself a great offensive coordinator, a great special teams coordinator. He has to get all the coordinators. Because with everything you just said, the things that scare me is, like, it doesn't matter that he's not a play caller. Well, I'm just looking at, like, the last few Super Bowls, and those are some of the best play callers, you know, in the NFL. The teams that have won, like, you're looking at, uh, you know, just tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, like, Sean McVay. Lost the Super Bowl. Played in it versus Bill Belichick, who yeah. won Bill the Belichick Super Bowl. Is he, what is he? Is, are you looking for an offensive play caller or a defensive play caller? Either one. Yeah. One. We have neither, so we got a guy with neither experience. But you really but, say, you, but you can't. You can I don't think you can. the The jury's still out on Bill Belichick's play calling ability, okay, and everything like that. I think That's a lot of that. Six Super Bowls. I think a lot of that is because uh, of Tom Tom Brady. Okay, was a lot of that. Okay, all right. So go ahead. The next, I, I'm just I'm just saying like. With, with these coaches, like, you know they're calling plays or have some sort of scheme ability where it's you're hearing with Dan Campbell is just like he's just the guy who's going to give it a run through a wall. Like, I'm, I'm looking at Andy Reid. Uh, you know, like, he's a play caller. He's a scheme guy. Very good. Sean Payton, he's a play caller. He's a scheme guy. Like, right. all the top coaches in the NFL, the only one that really comes to mind that is not a play calling guy that's had some success, and he even might be a defensive scheme type of guy, which is, is Vrabel. Yeah, Rabel's a defensive guy, but um, I I just don't I just think like you don't have to be as on game day in the NFL. Yeah, on game day as mm-hmm. a coach, you're not other than Andy Reid and Doug Peterson and guys like that. As a head coach, you are not calling plays. Okay, your job is done on game day. Mm-hmm. You're managing plays. You're saying, hey, maybe we should run. Hey, it's it's a uh, third and third and uh, six, and you're in your opponent's territory. You say, hey. You signal up to your OC, say you got two two downs to go for for this. Mm-hmm. So you're letting them know you're going for it on fourth down. Yeah, different things like that. So I don't think you need to, as long as you have the right guys around you to do that. And a big reason that Sean McVay had success at the year they went to the Super Bowl is because he did nothing with the defense, mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. When the defense was on the fi- when when the defense was on the field, he was sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, talking with Goff, talking with his QBs and receivers and everything like that. He had nothing to do with it because he had Wade Phillips, mm-hmm. an experienced defensive coordinator, running everything on defense for right. him. So you can't you don't you don't necessarily I don't think it's time for you to, you know, throw in the towel, you know, be like, Oh my god, this is a terrible hire. Um, I think culture wise, this is what Detroit needs. Okay. And, and from culture-wise, and everything else will come into place. Because at the end of the day, it's not about X's and O's. It's about Jacks and the Joes, mm-hmm. the guys on the field <laughs> that are executing the plays. Yeah. You can call a shit play, but if a quarterback, if, if, a, if a team, you know, successfully runs that play, that's great. Like, for example, in the Bills game, the, the snap was fumbled on the ground. Josh Allen fell down. Got up, rolled out to his right, threw a dart to uh to Diggs for the first down. Mm-hmm. 
it wasn't like you drew it up, mm-hmm. but it's about getting that culture, getting guys fired up to play, yeah. getting guys in the building, well, getting free agents. And that's what scares me. I feel like, uh, you know, Dan Campbell walked into this interview with Chris Spielman and they both arm, like took their shirts off and arm wrestled and Spielman said, yeah, yeah, that's my guy because he, he would wear a neck roll. You know, like that's like I. There is no reason to have any faith if if this was any other organization in Detroit. You know, you could probably say like, well, you know, this is the route they're going. I'll give it a chance. With the Lions, it's hard to. Ha- you have a, we have a real short leash, so it's very tough with all the coaching candidates that were out there to bring in some guy that no one had any interest in whatsoever. Especially when you're looking at guys like Brian Dable and uh, and Salah, like. It's just like it, this one is just like pretty head scratching, especially to commit to the guy for six years with no head coaching experience besides that interim time in, in Miami. Well, I agree that the whole six year thing baffles me. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's as bad of a pick as you as you're thinking it is. I think um, all he has to do is surround himself with great coaches and the rest is going to take care of itself. He has to be there, motivate the guys, be that guy that, you know, players can be like, damn, this guy's going to be a tough son of a bitch. I want to mirror that image and go from there. Yeah. And he's been in the locker room. He knows what it's like. He knows, you know, what he wants from a coach. He's been around great coaches. He's been around Sean Payton. It's just interesting to me because there there aren't many guys like this in the NFL head coaching football teams. There, there's not. I mean, this is the guy like double fisting cores, you know, pretty young out of the NFL, you know, fucking nickelback lead singer looking motherfucker like this is not what we've seen in successful football teams like they're normally the coach is a specialty on one side of the ball uh mike tomlin was never a head coach uh never a coordinator before he got the head coaching job that's okay there you go that's there's 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 one there's one (laughs) one successful one that's also in Pittsburgh too, where they just like know how to build teams. That you know that what they got. Well, six, it's, they it's got culture. Six, it's six, culture. That's true. They got it's, six Super Bowls. Yeah, it's absolute culture building that culture, and I'm hearing, um, you know, Kellen Moore mm-hmm. is a possibility for you know OC, and That'd I'm also cool. hearing hearing that he's also a possibility for the Eagles job. But like I'm telling you, a guy that I think should be the offensive coordinator. For the Lions, mm-hmm. you're gonna laugh at me when I say this. <laughs> okay, uh, Detroit fans are gonna. Everyone listening to this is probably gonna laugh at me, and they're gonna have one memory in their mind about this guy. Okay, when I say this, uh-huh. Dan Orlovsky. Oh yeah, he's the he's a booth. Yeah, everyone's gonna think of him running out of the back of the end zone. Yeah, exactly. Is he an offensive coordinator type guy? He's or is an he just offensive good on TV? genius. How do you know he's an offensive genius? Because he's on TV? No, he's an offensive genius. You love Overall. the TV guys. No, I love Dan Orlowski. <laughs> he is so brilliant. Watching him break down plays mm-hmm. and just like film room session type plays of that. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, you don't hear from the court. You just see what he sees and what he breaks down. I think this guy's an offensive mind. He's an, he's Mark my words, Frank. Okay. He's going to be within the next three years. An o- OC in the NFL. Okay, I could I could believe that. Well, I I think at that rate we should just go after Romo. No, no, he's better than Romo. Really? He's better than Romo. Romo's pretty damn good. He, but this guy's better than Romo. Yeah. So I don't know. I still like you can you can sell me till the cows come home. Like Lions fans don't really you know I don't know just to hear about like, uh you know he they're zooming people on the staff to say hi and like he's you know he's so well liked. It's just like. We just want a guy who's going to win. And this, from all the candidates that were on the list, this one comes out of left field. It's a long contract, and you're bringing in a lot of people without coordinator or head coaching experience. 
And it's completely against what they said leading up to the coaching search, which they said they wanted someone with a good track record, a good track record, a history of winning, um, and people who have been in that position before and know they can bring a winning culture here. And then they go and get a first-year guy, tight end position coach from New Orleans. It's it's just ass backwards from what they said. And trust with that organization, with Sheila, with all of them, is just absolutely hard to buy into for all the reasons I said with those text messages up front, because it doesn't make sense to me how the organization is being run and who's actually in charge. All right. January 20th, 2021. Yeah. At 7 8 PM. I J U call Crick. Oh, good God. Says Dan soup. Campbell. Soup is such a shit name. Is going to lead the Lions to a playoff berth next year. Next year. Next year. Next. I mean, I hope you're right. So, like, here's the thing I want all, like, Lions fans to know. Like, I want to eat shit on this thought process that I'm having. But my job is to be honest with you guys. This doesn't excite me. I am. This is not at all what I was looking for. It seems a broken process, and I have no trust in anybody who was to hire this guy. But... Then again, this is the same guy, this is the exact same dude who said, can we please God get Matt Patricia? I wanted Matt Patricia so bad. He was my number one option, and we got him, and I was happy, and I printed his face on a shirt, and I sold shirts with his face on it, and I was pumped. I was excited. I was jacked. And that ended up biting me in the ass, and now he's, he's my, mo- my, like my most hated Detroit sports figure of all time. So I want everyone to know if Dan Campbell is successful, you guys can tell me, Frank, you didn't believe in him. I told you so. Eat shit. You can do it. Rub it in my face. I won't even give a shit because I'll just be so happy the Lions are winning. I will gladly be wrong. But if I'm if I'm speaking my gut, my heart, my like everything here, I just think we're gonna be back. We're gonna be back doing this dance in three, four years, wondering why the fuck we hired the tight end coach who could like shotgun beers really fast and got guys really <laughs> excited to play the sport they're played paid to play he looks like more of a jack daniels kind of guy than a oh shotgun and beer kind of guy oh no he he inhales beers he, like you do like he probably has, <laughs> inhales beers. and he looks like the milf hunter he looks like the milf hunter like you put him in the milf hunter right next to you. i don't think you've ever seen him in the milf hunter in the same room and this guy looks like the fucking milf hunter mixed with uh and then the old with him with the long hair is definitely Chad Kruger or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Look at this photograph. Yeah, that's him. That's him. 100%. But I'm telling you, this is a good hire. All right. Well, it's a good hire. I mean, he's definitely like, they. all they've sold us on is motivation, and he's well-liked around the league. So if that's what gets it done, sign me the fuck up. I'm just looking at all the top. When I think of the top coaches in the NFL, I think of offensive or defensive uh, experts. And this guy just looks like, you know, he's he's just going to give you the, the how, like, do you want to succeed as much as you want to breathe speech, like, every nine seconds. <laughs> like, he's the guy, he literally, like, is going to make them do Oklahoma drills. And he literally said, so here's, here's a quote from him. He made ag- aggressive changes during the trial run in Miami, most notably ramping up the physicality of the team's practices. His early incorporation of the Oklahoma drill, a confined area one-on-one drill more commonly seen at the college and high school levers, levels, drew national atten- uh, national interest. And then Dan Campbell said, All I wanted to see was the guys come out and compete and violently compete. I felt that today, Campbell said after his first practice in the interim role. It's about being primates. 
that's what they have those pads on for. Go learn to use those things again. So that's Dan Campbell. I just feel like that's what Dan Campbell's going to be. He's just going to, you know, I mean, you know, and when they lose and they don't have a good strategy because they have inexperienced guys running the team, I hope he can motivate them enough to be better at football. Well, I think, you know, you're. I think you're going too much into he's not going to do Oklahoma drills week 16 of the season. We don't know that. You know, everything like you that. Don't know that. And he's going to, it's going to be a tough training camp. He's going to be training camp unlike, you know, the guys are used to. But then he's going to taper things down. He was the former player. He gets it. He knows. Like, I said, this is a good hire. Good. He, as long as he surrounds himself with good assistant coaches. It's just wild to me that we were discussing the likes of, like, a Brian Dable, and we ended up with a Dan Campbell. Right. And, you know, speaking of Dable, Dable staying in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, that's fucking cash. And I said that. I did ask you that. And I said, is there any chance that guy just stays there because the job rocks? And you said no. I yeah. Because I put myself in his shoes, you know, and I don't know what his goals are, but if I was, you know, in his shoes, my goal would be to be a head coach. But just like I said before, not everyone's a head coach. Other notes here. Robert Sala goes to the New York Jets, and me and my buddies discussed this, and, you know, apparently he came in Detroit. There's rumors the interview didn't go well. I don't, I think that's all bullshit. I don't think any of that's true. I think what happened was he sat down with his wife, and he said, we can move back to Dearborn, Michigan, or, honey, we can go live in Manhattan. And they said, let's go to Manhattan. No, he's living in Morristown, New Jersey. Okay, well. In uh, in uh, New York. Well, either way, and, I think uh, they were like, let's go to the East Coast as opposed to going back to Dearborn, Michigan. I think, I, I think uh, that's not, Salah's not a good fit for uh, New York. The media, the New York media, and just, I don't think that's, for, I, I just don't I don't buy I, don't I would have actually like loved like him that. here. I would have loved him here. I see him in San Diego. Yeah. You know. I don't think he's a good fit here either. No? No. Why not? It's just because I don't know. It's just like that hometown boy coming back and there's you know, everyone's giving him his flowers already. They say and, you, you can't know, go home, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I don't I don't see it, you know, and um I see him I, I thought the best position for him would be the L.A. Chargers kid. Okay. Yeah, could have stayed on that side of the country. You know, um, you know, with Dan Campbell here, man, I just think he is going to... Soup! The soup. I'm not calling him the soup yet. Soup. That's, that's not the nickname. I'm, soup bone! I'm calling him the milf hunter for right now. He, <laughs> he's the milf hunter or Chad, or simply Chad. Um, he, he just seems... Dan Campbell is the type of guy who's going to go down to Monroe. He's going to go down river, and he's going to, you know, buy fireball shots for everyone at the, you know, the the buck and duck kind of hole in the wall bar there. I mean, this guy, this guy does have the opportunity to like really pure Michigan himself up with the lions fan base. Yeah. But you got to be careful how you do that. Don't be like, like Rex Ryan when he came to Buffalo, he had, <laughs> yeah. he had his truck decaled all the, the bills truck and he was all in, you know, going down on Chippewa street. You know, you can't do that. You can't engross yourself with that because at the end of the day, you're here at the, what'd you call it? What's that bar? You can I say? just made up a name. I just, uh, I just said I, the I, buck and duck. The buck and duck. <laughs> and, you know, buying rounds of fireballs until you're not winning games. And some son of a bitch in the, in the bar would be like, hey, instead of buying fireballs, how about you win a fucking divisional game? Yeah. I mean, and that, then I would agree all that. that shit comes down on you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, 100%, this is, to me, though, this is 100% a, uh, a Spielman hire. 
This is this is Spielman saying like that's our guy. They definitely took their shirts off during the interview, arm wrestled, potentially rubbed Crisco on their chest. I mean, you know, they talked about neck rolls, pad level, uh, form, and you know, like like protein. Like I feel like that was like the whole conversation, and, and Spielman was like, "Yep, job well done, go Lions." Hey, I told you Spielman wasn't the guy. Last, yeah, I know, and this is Spielman's pick, so you gotta, you know, I'm just, you know, surprised that you're just fully on board with Dan Campbell here after everything we've talked about and not liking Spielman when this is 100% Spielman's choice, without a doubt. It's what with this, without a doubt, Spielman had the final say and was the loudest mouth in the room about this guy. <laughs> they like look alike. They, they, this was his fucking pick, without a doubt. Other thing. Matthew Stafford, uh, I'm telling you guys right now that there's nothing, there's no story there. There's no question to be asked. Like, Stafford's going to come back, and the Lions are not going to draft a quarterback this year. That's my opinion on it. I don't think there's any conversation there. What do you think? Well, they, they're going to have to uh, sit down with Stafford and see if he fits their their vision. And if and Stafford has to say, hey, you know, do, do you guys fit my vision, what I vision for a team? And they got to go that way and make the decision that way. Um, I don't think it's a lock like you think that Stafford's going to be there. Okay. I, I think it's 60% chance that he will be there yeah. and 40% he might not. Okay. Apparently him to the Colts is all over Twitter already because of I Phil, see that. because of Phil. I mean, you could I could see that too. I just I don't see that contract moving, but I I think the Colts do have space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know. I just have a feeling I have a feeling they're going to keep Stafford around for at least two more years. Just get Kelly Stafford out of town. Dude, no. Kelly's my girl. Mm. Kelly can stay. Kelly does a lot for everyone in this community. Is Kelly's she, good. She bitches to, a lot, but that's fine. They need to suspend her Twitter. I bitch a lot. Yeah, right. They're going to suspend her Twitter. <laughs> All right. Well, Dan Campbell, I'm not sold. And to be honest with you, Jay, like if the like like if the Red Wings, if the Detroit Red Wings with Steve Eiserman obviously like that's an easy one for me i know you could razz me and say i interviewed him and i love him and all this but even say it was on the patriots with bill belichick and he's the gm uh and they bring in dan campbell i trust it i am just like a battered puppy like i'm at a rescue clinic with the lions like this is like the 100th coach in my lifetime alone we got so excited for patricia after getting pretty close to like having a mildly decent team with caldwell and so just Looking at the hierarchy, looking at the history of the Lions, the people who are in charge of the decision, that's what gives me, like that. That's what gives me reservations about Dan Campbell. I I don't know. I, like I said, you know, you'll see in a year the and, Lions will be in the playoffs. And again, I hope I am fucking wrong. I hope this guy rocks because if he does rock and he is this rah rah pump up Vrabel type guy who's like you know head button fucking running backs and letting the crown of his nose bleed and stuff. I mean. There's nothing more electric than that. And hopefully he can bring back a little bit of that bite, a little bit of that attitude that we had when Jim Schwartz was here. Jim, when Jim Schwartz was here, we were leading the league in personal <laughs> fouls, 15-yard penalties, but we had some attitude. And Jim were, Schwartz is an idiot. Yeah, well, that's fine. He was our <laughs> idiot, and it was kind of entertaining to watch his idiot-ass teams. Right. Okay, now that we have gotten Dan Soup. Campbell. Soup! I am not in on that nickname yet. I will figure it out. Dan the MILF Hunter. Dan... I don't know. Look at this photograph, Campbell. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll see what he does in his career as a Detroit Lions. JU made the bold-ass prediction that they will make a playoff berth next year. I hope he's right. I just I have no faith in the Lions brass on this hire. 
to be completely honest with you. But let's talk about much better football teams, and let's start with the Packers win 32-18 over the Rams. What, what what do you got for me in this game, J.U.? Yeah, I just thought uh, Green Bay was just too powerful in all phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams. Um, you know, the Rams couldn't match them. Yeah, and I think you, you picked the Packers to cover in this one. I definitely took the Rams uh, to cover. I did think Green Bay would win, but I thought the Rams would put up a little bit of a, a better fight, and... I knew the Packers' offense was good, uh, but I, I mean, it's it's like absolutely hitting on all cylinders right now. Yeah, definitely, and uh, you know, with the the Rams' defense, Aaron Donald, you know, he I felt bad for him because uh, you know he had that rib injury mm-hmm. and uh, he couldn't he couldn't go you know a hundred percent, and uh, you you know it would have been a little bit of a different game if he was. You know, able to go 100% and play the majority of the snaps, and he didn't have the opportunity to do that. So I felt bad for him on that case. But over, I'm like Green Bay is firing on all cylinders. Aaron Rodgers yeah. is unreal right now. I feel like they were in Donald's head a little bit too. I think he was injured. I think he was pressing. I think he was trying to do too much. And like, you know, I mean, there's only so much you can do uh, when when you're playing against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, who are absolutely on fire right now. Right, exactly. And uh, don't be surprised if uh, the Rams draft a quarterback or get a different quarterback going in. I don't think, uh, you know, uh, Goff is their their future. McVay is not sold on Goff. I mean, no. that is that is without a doubt, uh, that is not secret. That's not a secret at all. I mean, he said he would not guarantee his roster spot next year. So, I As mean, you shouldn't. And I don't know how much interest there will be in Goff. Like, I just, he seems full system quarterback to me. I'm, I'm not, I don't see a lot of plays that are, you know, his improv, like improv or anything like that. I mean, you just think McVay's in his headset every time, just going like he's open. You know, he's hitting the buttons every time. Right, exactly. But I think uh, Goff is he. I think he would uh, succeed in a Kyle Shanahan system in, in uh, San Francisco, in more of that West Coast style. You know, he has his first read, second read, and then a check down. Yeah, I mean that's I, well, that's why Garoppolo did good. I don't think Garoppolo is necessarily a blow away talent either. You know, he went from the system in New England into you know San Fran system, so. Uh, yeah, that could be a potential landing spot. But Packers advance. Let's get into the next game here. Let, let's hear about your Bills. I mean, 17-3 to over the Ravens. Holy shit. Three points to the Ravens. Yeah. Um, you know, last week we talked about uh, how I was disappointed with the way that the Bills defense played against the Colts. And uh, I said, you know... Uh, McDermott and uh, Leslie Frazier are going to go in and they're going to tighten things up and tighten up the the defense, the run defense. And they did a great job of that. They contained Lamar. They contained uh, J.K. Dobbins uh, out of the backfield. And, you know, they did a tremendous job. And, you know, adding that pick six for a 101-yard, you know, uh, touchdown return from uh, Johnson. It's, you know, I was excited about that. But yet a little disappointed in offensive production, <laughs> right? You know, it's, it's funny. Like you know, the first week we were, met, you know, you were mad at the D, and now you're mad at the offense. But I mean, to be honest, like w- one of the biggest signs to me is like they they've pro- proven they can win. You know, any t- they can win know, anyway, any type of game. Yeah, you know, which I think is you know you see this Packers win 32 18. That's kind of how you expect them to win games. That's kind of how they've won every game. It's mm-hmm. just the Aaron Rodgers show. 
uh, with these with this Bills team, you never know which side of the ball is going to show up and, and win the game for them. Yeah, and the thing that excites me the most is I know the offense didn't produce as many points as, you know, Bills fans would want, but just the way Josh Allen's playing, he's playing smart. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not, you know, trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. He's playing within himself. He's playing within the game. And you got, once again, shout out to Brian Dayball. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he is making adjustments, in-game adjustments, unlike any any other coach I've ever seen make in-game adjustments. He's doing that. He's getting the guys ready to play, and he's putting Josh Allen in several positions to be successful on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, uh, it was funny watching this game. Uh, it was, you know, later on Saturday, and uh, Saturday's 30th birthday, so I was celebrating pretty good. And I, I like, kind of gave up on the game. Like, you know, they had a 14-point lead late, and my buddy's like, you know, telling me, uh, he's just like, imagine being a Lions fan right now. Because uh, I was like, why are you so nervous about this Bills game? Like, what what are you worried about? Like, he's watching it super intently, and he's just like, imagine being, like, a Lions fan. Like, this game's not over till it's over. Like, it, like Bills fans are used to, like, heartbreak, and this, this game could go south at any second. So, that, I mean, they held a stranglehold tight. They didn't let them back in the game. Um, I mean, to hold the Ravens to three points is, is in the playoffs is just absolutely impressive. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, your buddy was right. Going in, like the time that you knew you could breathe a little sense of, of sigh of relief is when Lamar went down. Yep, without a doubt. Unfortunately, he got hurt. But even with him in there, I just think the way that the defense was playing. And at the beginning, and we talked about this last week, how – the greatest kicker, Justin Tucker. Yeah. And goes in and doinks the first two. It was unbelievable. He goes, he doinks it left, doinks it right. And I told my wife, all he has to do now is go in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's all he can do now. When those doinked, um, I actually said, there's no way the Bills lose this game. And when he hit the second one, I go, well, it's just not the Ravens game. I mean, there's just, there are just things as fans, I feel like plays in games that just absolutely scare the shit out of you. Even if the game's still within reach, even if, you know, it's early, there's just some things that happen that you go like, oh, no, it might be a long, it's going to be a long day. Yeah. And Justin Tucker doinking that first field goal from not that far, like, I was like, that is an omen of omens. Right. And, uh, you know, when I was watching that game, I, I, I had a flashback to when I played for the Bills and our special teams coordinator we're in the special teams meeting, and it's at the beginning of the season. Everyone's hopes is high, and he says, "Guys, let me tell you, because he was, he was with the Bills in their Super Bowl days and everything like that." And he's like, "There's nothing like playing a home playoff game in Bills Stadium. The wind is something crazy." Yeah, and. The wind played a big factor in that. And he's like, that's why you want to work your ass off so you can have that opportunity to play a home playoff game. And when Tucker doinked that, the first thing, you know, this special team coordinator, he's passed away now, you know, rest in peace to him. But um, that just was the first thing that came to my mind. It was just how crazy, you know, what he said is absolutely true. Playing a home playoff game in January in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, the flags were, like, flying off the poles. Just crazy. Yeah, so Bill's Mafia is now in the AFC Championship game versus the Chiefs, who were able to squeak out a 22-17 win over the Browns. 
Uh, I had the Browns cover in this game. They did cover. You had them. You had the. You had a Chiefs blowout. That did not happen. Uh, no, I picked the Browns to win. You picked the. Oh, that's right. I, yeah. Sorry, sorry. My notes. Yeah, are that's confused. why when I saw Ju miss, I was like, whoa! I didn't miss. I'm sorry. I do apologize <laughs> for that. That's right. You had the Browns winning this game, yeah. and the Browns within one were within one <laughs> score. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean, fuck with Mahomes going down, you almost think they should have won the game. Well, the turning point of that game was uh, right before the half on that uh, that fumble that went out the back of the end zone for a touchback. Oh my god! Because the Browns would have gone gone up yeah. right there and they were getting the ball at yep. the start of the second half but that just swings that's a big swing there kansas city gets the ball go down kicks a field goal mm-hmm. and um and then the browns come back though and kick one before the end of half i am not sure i'm not sure either so how do you feel about that rule about fumbling out of the end zone do you think it should go the other way a lot of people are saying like it should just be down where the person lost the ball yeah i'm not i'm old school keep the rule the same yeah i mean i i know bill belichick one of his rules is you never reach for the end zone and that's the same thing stefanski said he's like we teach our guys don't reach the only time you reach for the end if it's fourth down yeah or it's fourth in game yeah right obviously and and i you know from seeing that i had bad memories uh because i cost the uh michigan state a game uh back in college my sophomore year against notre dame I jumped over the goal line, boom, the ball flew out, and it was to tie it up, and we lost the game to Notre Dame. Fuck, that's tough. That's tough. Jay's about to cry, everyone. Jay, I know. Jay's you were probably to... excited because you're a Notre Dame guy. At the time I was, but I am all Spartan now, so all those – now I feel bad now. Now that win is not exciting for me anymore. That memory is tarnished. But, yeah, Chiefs win the game. Uh, Chad Henney, by the way, still in the NFL. Hendog! Oh, my God. I cannot believe this guy is in the NFL and keeps finding ways into football games. Um, that guy has fallen into starting time or prime time playing time everywhere he's gone. And I think he's played for every NFL team. <laughs> he's been around for fucking ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had two good plays in that game. That one, the uh, interception was insane. The interception was the guy could have caught a fair catch in the end zone there, mm-hmm. the way that he sailed that up there. But, uh, you know, taking, you know, ballsy, you know, running on that uh, third and 14, getting. That 13 was, and that a half. That was unreal. Yeah. I mean, as a Browns fan, you got to just say the fumble out of the end zone. Henny comes in, gets that 14-yard pick. I mean, just an unforgivable. When, How do you let that happen? When Henning came in the game, when Mahomes went down, I was like, the Browns are going to win this game. Yeah. Because the Chiefs did not do enough to separate themselves. Mm-hmm. So, it's crazy. But then, I mean, Andy Reid with that call on the fourth down was absolutely fucking insane. Big balls Reid. Big balls Reid. That was unbelievable. <laughs> that was incredible. At the end of the game, he was, he, I, this, I think this showed pictures of him wheeling his balls in a wheelbarrow to yeah. the, <laughs> and is Mahomes, so is Mahomes going to be back for the AFC Championship Mahomes practice today. He had some light practice There's today. There's no way he misses He's that still game. under uh, concussion pro. There's absolutely no way he misses that There's game. There's no way. They were yeah. probably in the fucking thing going, in the tent even saying like, well, you got a concussion, but. Yeah, like, it was back in those days where it's like so i have two fingers up how many fingers do i have up yeah oh yeah yeah and then there's one guy slapping the leg twice right <laughs> let him know how many fingers there are so uh browns congrats on your season i mean that had to be exhilarating for you guys i mean you guys suck ass and you guys went all the way uh you know to the divisional round so see you bye yeah <laughs> uh so uh last game uh, excuse me last game of the the weekend um the bucks beat the saints 30 to 20 uh, we both had the Bucks in this one. Uh, I just, I just, this was to me. It was, it was, uh, it was Drew Brees' swan song. I mean, this was it for me. Like he was, he he looked like he just did not have the juice anymore to make any of the throws that an NFL quarterback needs to make. 
Drew Brees' arm was as strong as my unborn baby. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Right it was bad. Yeah, it, w- it was very bad. Um, but, you know, I just think overall it was just good scheme by uh, Todd Bowles and the and the Bucks defense. And, uh, you know, Brady came ready to play. And the biggest thing is it's tough to beat a team three times in Without a row. Without a doubt. Without you know, a doubt. That was 100%. Beat a team three times in a season. Yeah, sorry about that. That, that, that was 100% the reason I took the Bucks was just like, it's like my hockey theory. Like, I, it's tough to beat a team twice back to back in the regular season. To beat an NFL team three times is just—it's—it's it's almost an impossible ask, especially when the quarterback of that team is Tom Brady. Right. So, can we gloat in the fact that I was perfect for the weekend? Yeah, absolutely. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. gloat away. I was. I was. Well, no, you weren't perfect. So we both. What, what the fuck? We're like. I just picked the Browns. Who? Who? Oh, you picked them to win. You picked yeah, them to win. But they, it was That's ten points. Yeah. It was ten points. So yeah, they covered, but they did yeah, not win. Oh, see, you're there's just, an asterisk. You're that guy. It's no asterisk. Guy? I won. If we were in a vote in a betting booth, I would say the Browns. I, I not would if take you it. Pick a, Browns money line. You no, took Browns money I wasn't line. money line. We didn't do money line you on this. You said they were gonna win. I said they were gonna win, but I still shit. 10. I took I took Bucks money line. No, and you they didn't. Were, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh boy! This is ridiculous. Look at us yelling at each other. Anyway, so that's why betting needs to be illegal. No, we yeah, the bet, yeah, we'll make it legal. We're gonna start keeping real score here. I'm gonna hold you to what your actual picks are. You can't just be willy nilly calling yourself perfect when you're when you're like you. Oh, I said they win, but they covered, so I'm perfect. Yeah, I picked the I picked the Browns. Well, so if our listeners out there and you're screaming, Browns money line, Browns are gonna win. And they take the Browns to win, and then you're on here saying you're perfect. I never said money line. Okay, well you said they were going to win, so I, so you're you're nuts, you're nuts. Um, okay, let's quit yelling at each other about the picks, and let's move into. I mean, that was yeah. Okay, let's move into our picks now. Let's be clear as day. Since I was perfect last week. Yeah, you lead off. We got Green Bay minus three, uh, home hosting the Bucks. Green Bay minus three, home hosting the Bucks. This is the game that Aaron Rodgers has always wanted. He's never had a home AFC um, NFC title game. Is that true? Yes, in his career. He's never had it. He wants the elements. He wants it in Lambeau Field. He wants the fans. He's going to have the elements. Yeah. He's going to have a home game. But he's not going to have the fans because right. it's not going to be that 80,000. And sucks. what he's not also going to have is the win Tampa Tom, the first time in NFL history that a home team, that a, that a hosting team, is going to play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. Oh, I love it. So you got you got the you got the Bucks obviously covering the three, but you are saying I got see this is what I'm saying. Are you taking the Bucks? I line? am taking the Bucks to win money line. I love it. Okay, I absolutely fucking love it. And you know what, Jay? You teed that up the best. I feel like there's nothing more for me to say here except I agree. I just think Tom has this absolute eye of the tiger here with the no fans there, with none of those elements. I don't think any of that bothers him, but I just think uh, the Bucks are finding their stride at the right time, and they're going to put together a game plan that, that beats Green Bay. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to maybe try to do too much, Get rattled early, and the Bucks defense is going to win this game for Tampa Bay. Fun fact Love it. about Tom Brady. Yeah. In cold weather games, he wears a full scuba suit under his 
That's you incredible. Wears That's a full inc- wetsuit under his uniform. I have heard that before. <laughs> and, you know, it's like you're, you're thinking the Tampa guys going up to Green Bay, it's going to be an issue. you got to remember, uh, Tom, was in, Tom was in Gillette. But his blood's thin now. Yeah. He's I, got that thin <laughs> blood now. Yeah. Well, either way, we're t- I'm taking the Bucks. The Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. They're going to host a home game in Tampa, which they'll probably let all the fans in. Uh, they'll probably let all the fans in because it's down in Florida and they do whatever they want in Florida. Um, next game on the docket, KC is favored minus three over the Bills. I think I have an idea of where you're headed with this one. You're, you're up first. I am up first. And let me tell you right now, you're crazy. You're crazy if you think now I'm going to back out on Bills Mafia. I got in my confidence pool the Bills as my number one most confident team. If the Bills do go to this Super Bowl and win this Super Bowl, I'm going to win myself a good chunk of change because no one else picked the Bills, but your boy picked the Bills. I got the Bills winning this game in Kansas City. It's tough to repeat as Super Bowl champions. I think the Chiefs rock. I think they're a very good team. I think they're going to win more Super Bowls. It is just tough to repeat, and I just think the Bills, this is their year. They're going to run through a wall, and they're going to win this game, and they're going to head to the Super Bowl for the first time in, I don't know. You tell me. When was the last one? Shit, since 94? 94. All right. Fun fact. Love it. In Buffalo, the Dick's Sporting Goods store, Mm -hmm. in the sports section, they have Bill's Gears as well as folding tables right there. Folding tables, $49.99 at Dick's Sporting Goods in the Galleria Mall in Buffalo, New York. That's unreal. Get you one. Get you one. Get you a couple. Get the whole stack, right? Mahomes, your homes, his homes, her homes, bills by seven. Oh, I fucking love it. I love it. I love it. So we're both on the same page. It's a Bucks-Bills Super Bowl for us here, even though I think a Green Bay KC would be electric. Uh, Mahomes and Rodgers. You got fun quarterbacks in this one. No denying that. Uh, Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, and Josh Allen. Josh Allen, we got the Bills playing the Bucks in the Super Bowl in Tampa. Should be exciting. Those are the picks from the Fizz podcast. It's going to be a fun weekend. I'm pumped for these games. All right. Well, now that we have covered every sports topic under the sun that is relevant in today's sports world, let's move into everyone's favorite segment, and that is Over Under. If this is your first time listening, Over Under is a very simple concept. My buddy, Jerry, formerly known as the fat accountant from Cleveland, now the over-under specialist and Red Wings correspondent, as he'd like me to refer to him. He sends me a list of 10 items, person, places, things, ideas, anything, anything going on, pop culture, old stuff, food, it could be anything. Me and Jay will tell you if that item is over or underrated. We've never seen the items on the list before. Uh, It's sent to me via email. I got it open right here. Never seen the things on the list. You ready to do this, Jay? Oh, yeah. And uh, just for the right, Jerry got a little spicy with me last week after he listened. What happened? Because uh, I, I pinned him, pinged him as a Bachelor oh, viewer. That's right. Oh, that's yeah, right. Jerry got a little spicy with me. Yeah, he didn't like that at all. Uh, and just just for the record, like, I don't know if I was thinking of this show or it's because we talked about it or I found out your hatred for it. But, like, uh, my wife had The Bachelor on the other day. And, like, I it was like nails on a chalkboard. It was worse than it ever was. Like, I just left the room. I was like, I can't listen to this. This is toxic. The show is just toxic. It's, right. very, it's horrible. I, let's not get into The Bachelor. Let's yeah, jump into The Over out. Under. I'm going to freak out. Because we I, could go long with yeah, this. Long, long time. Long, long fellow. All right, first or second, Jay? You want to go first or second? I'll go first. Yeah, you will. Number one on the list. Number one on the list. Jay, you going first. Bruce Willis. 
Oh, Brucey Dubs. Yippee ki yay, motherfuckers. Oh yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis definitely underrated. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you, and it's pretty much because of Pulp Fiction. Oh, Pulp Fiction. Mine's Die Hard. Yeah. Well, not bad. Not a bad choice there. I mean, there's a lot to pick from. Uh, Sixth Sense. Yeah, and he was married to Demi Moore. Yeah, I mean, these are all awesome reasons to like Bruce Willis, but for me, I absolutely loved him in Pulp Fiction. So, across the board, underrated Bruce Willis. Number two, I'm up first, UFC. And with a resounding uh, overrated on USC, I totally worded that incorrectly, but what I'm trying to say is UFC, I believe, is very overrated. I have zero interest in watching it. Zero. None. Wow. So yeah. we can't have UFC guests on the show. We can have UFC no, guests. No, I'm just saying this guy doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it's not that I don't want... I would be interested to talk to a UFC fighter about their sport, and I would show respect, but I, I truly don't have any interest in, like, watching pay-per-view of two people I've never heard of cage wrestle each other fair enough fair enough i think ufc's underrated i think it's uh you know very masculine yeah it's 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 gladiators it's it's the closest thing we have to gladiators um i'm fortunate enough to be friends with a ufc fighter a ufc hall of famer um a western new york guy a michigan state guy rashad evans wow um the first ufc fight i went to was him versus uh John Jones, um, no, Phil Davis in Chicago. Great time. The, I was absolutely nervous. Um, the biggest reason I was nervous about the fight was I really wanted him to win so the after party was fun. Yeah. <laughs> As right, opposed right. to going to an after party after a loss. Right. But um, no, I think, it's, I, I think it's, it's great. Well, then, you know, if we ever have him on here, we just have to hopefully, hopefully he's never heard this part of the podcast. But, like, I, yeah, I got to be true to you. I just think it's overrated. I like boxing. I don't know if that's, at, like, if I'm a coward that I don't like UFC, but I do enjoy boxing more than I like watching a UFC cage fight. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know what that says about me. Maybe I'm just a candy ass. Number three on the list, J.U., you're up, Applebee's. Ooh, Applebee's. Uh, it's, yeah. Um, you, you call me bougie all the time, yeah. but I think like Apple, struggling with this Applebee's is definitely underrated. Underrated. I love <laughs> Applebee's, the nine, uh, the nine to 12 happy hour, big boy beers, the two for 20. Uh, you can't go wrong with the bees. Yeah, well, that is very uh, suburban mom of you. I'm going to say Applebee's is overrated. Because you're I, bougie. I am not bougie at all. Because, like, if that was for, per, uh, say, Chili's on the list, I would say it's underrated. And I, I just, I just, I like Chili's. That's one of those chains I'll go to, but I'm not a huge chain guy. And Applebee's just reminds me of areas I don't ever want to be in, really. So <laughs> I'm really not trying to eat good in the neighborhood. Um, so I think Applebee's is overrated. And the last time I was in Applebee's, um, I bit into a, uh, what was it? Like a potato skin with like bacon bits on it. And I just got a temporary crown put in and my tooth fell out. So bad memory at Applebee's. It builds character. (laughs) Applebee's? Yes. All right. Number four on the list. Um, (laughs) I think this is, well, who went first? I forgot who went went first. first. Yeah, so I'm up. Uh, number four is dumbbell back row. Oh, dumbbell back row. Uh, it's like a workout. Mm-hmm. Yep. Again, Jerry, I know he does this for me. Um, I don't work out with weights or I haven't in a very long time. So I'm going to say that's overrated. I have no reason to do a dumbbell back row. So uh, funny story <laughs> with dumbbell back rows. Uh, when I was with the jets, 
And uh, I was getting my first start. It was a preseason game. And I'm, you know, I was playing fullback at the time, blocking for Thomas Jones, who's a future Hall of Famer. And uh, we got through fr- uh, our Friday practices. The game was on Saturday. And we're on the road. And he, he comes to me. He's like, hey, 7 in the morning, I'm going to be in the, in the hotel uh, weight room doing some uh, buys and tries. You should come in with me. I was like... Fuck, I don't want to go on the day of the game to do buys and tries, but it's Thomas Jones. So, yes, I went, and he was crushing dumbbell back rows. So, the day of a game? The day of a game. That's crazy. Yeah, so I you know, I, I can't push in over-under, so I would say it's underrated. Oh, my God, underrated. You just want to be the jock football guy and make me look like the scrawny. Well, I guess that is what we are, so whatever. Yeah, dumbbell back rows can go get fucked. I'm never doing them. Number five on the list, you are up, Jay, peanut butter pretzels. Uh, peanut butter pretzels, those remind me of, like, third grade, like mm-hmm. snack time. Yeah. Um, But I would say they're overrated. Overrated? You don't yeah. like them? I don't, I, don't, I don't really care for them, but... My in-laws love it. Really? Yeah, because they don't get it in Canada. So, like, my why? wife and I, we go to... I don't know why. That's an American thing. Yeah. So, my wife and I will go to Sam's Club and buy these big tubs of peanut butter. The stuffed ones, pretz- right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll pay more in shipping than we do for, <laughs> for the actual... Yeah. Yes. And send it to Canada to them. I think these are very... I think peanut butter pretzels are underrated. I love them, but... You gotta have something to drink with them. I mean, talk about the most the most dry snack on planet Earth and sticky. Like you get the peanut butter with the pretzel, obviously it fucks you up, slows you down. You could choke pretty quick. So I always have to have like a glass of water with me. Also on those Costco ones, the peanut butter in there, like how long is that stuff? You know, you never know how long that stuff's been sitting there. Peanut butter doesn't go bad. I know it's just funny. Like it just sits <laughs> in this ball in the middle of this pretzel, and then you crack it open. I love them though. I could sit there and eat them for days. I just need a glass of water because my mouth gets all fucked up. Number six on the list, bucket hats. Bucket hats, if you can rock a bucket hat, it's a pretty cool look. I like bucket hats. I like when coaches wear bucket hats, like in practice and stuff, in the hot weather. Some bucket hats can be cool. I'm going to say bucket hats are underrated. So when I coached, uh, my coaching staff would always say, we need to get bucket hats on. We need to get bucket hats. I said bucket hats are overrated because I can't wear a bucket hat and motherfuck a player and yell at a guy and have them take me serious with a bucket hat on. So bucket hats are overrated for well, me. Well, I think if your message came across strong enough, you could do it. It sounds like to me your message needed work, not the hat, Jay. Just throwing that out there. I, would, I wouldn't I would like to get yelled at by you. I wonder what that would be like because you seem like you know a nice guy. I've never seen you really upset. And those normally those guys are the scariest. <laughs> You know? No, I'm a puppy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I feel. But, you know, you, I haven't been yelled at as one of your players. So you said you said bucket hats are overrated. Because, overrated. Because no one takes you seriously in them? Exactly. Okay. Well, I like it because uh, I think coaches can look badass when they are taken serious in it. All right, number seven, Jay, you're up. Sleeping naked. Sleeping naked. Oh, my God. Sleeping naked. Definitely underrated. <laughs> that I have not slept in clothes since high school. 
Wait, you're you're just you are a naked sleeper. I'm a naked sleeper. That's wild. Absolute naked sleeper. That's crazy. Yeah, well, that's not that crazy, but I just didn't know you slept in the bed. Oh yeah. Now oh. I know that forever. Now I'll think it like whenever you're like, all right, I'm heading to bed. Like I just, I know you're getting naked. Yep. So. Oh yeah, it's a totally sleeping naked guy. Great. Good for you. Um, I'm gonna say it's overrated. I don't really do it. Uh, you know, I gotta throw on a pair of shorts or something. Oh, you gotta try it. <laughs> I mean, I've tried it. I don't know, man. Like when my unit's just like out and free and like you just. Know, out there sticking to the side of my leg and shit like i don't know i don't like it i like i like to have a little like you know air of security like a little area of security around it i think it's overrated i don't i don't like sleeping naked no you're missing out yeah i guess so number eight nickelodeon game view on wildcard weekend this is something we should have discussed right yeah but nickelodeon game view on wildcard weekend and i'm up on this one um, I would say it, I would say it was underrated. I, it definitely made a splash and like, it was pretty cool, but I will tell you, like, I could only do it for like a couple minutes at the time. I couldn't sit there and just seriously watch like Nickelodeon coverage of the NFL football game. I think it may be good for kids to watch. I thought it was a nice creative way to, to present NFL football. But, you know, the more I'm talking it out, I didn't really watch it because I wanted to hear the actual announcers and, like, take the game seriously. And on top of it, like, depending on the age of my kid, like, I'd probably have them watch the real coverage as opposed to, like, the slime and the SpongeBob and shit like that. But uh, I don't, I didn't hate it. I wasn't mad at it. It's not like it, like, took away from the integrity of the game for me. So I'll say, I'll say it's underrated. Yeah, I agree. I think it's underrated, too. I think we need at least three games a year. On, on Nickelodeon, uh, the slime cam uh, in the end zone, the slime when the kick and field goal, you got SpongeBob in the back. Yeah, um, I thought I thought it was awesome, absolutely awesome. I thought it was a, a different uh, view on football, um, getting the young kids um, involved in watching the game because I feel a lot of our younger generation, a lot of our younger kids don't watch enough football yeah. on TV. A lot of guys that play football at the high school level and everything like that, they don't watch enough football. So if this is something that can get them to watch football, perfect. I thought it was underrated. I loved it. Yeah, for sure. Now, did you were you watching it at all? Like, I would only check on it for a few minutes at a time and then be like, all right, I'm kind of... I watched the full game on it. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and nice job, Nate Burleson. He did a nice job. Nate's, Nate's, Nate's the man. Yeah, Nate's He does man. a great job. He's a great representation he of the Detroit Lions. Yes, he is. Yeah. Which we don't, you know, I mean, so is Barry. They're all great. Just no one likes us. Like, little he, fun fact. Yeah. Nate loves Jaeger. Does he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's get him. Let's get him downtown. Let's do some Jaeger shots. All right. Number nine on the list. Legos. Legos. Uh, I don't know if you can judge me for my childhood or not, but I can. I will say overrated to the fact because I have never played with Legos in my life. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I don't think that's like. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, like I had Lego sets and I played with Legos, but it definitely was not. You're bougie. I'm not. Legos aren't bougie. Yeah, they are. What? What do you mean? Legos bougie. Well, whatever. If Legos are bougie and crab legs at Thanksgiving aren't, like you're, I, you're I don't know bougie. what. Le- whatever. I think you're just trying to jab me with that <laughs> as much as you can because I nailed you with it like in week two of us doing this. But Lego, like I had Legos, but they were never like. I wasn't, like, a super Lego kid, like, growing up. Like, I wasn't building the Death Star. You didn't go to Legoland? No, I didn't go to Legoland. Um, But I will say Legos are underrated, because I have to pick on the side, because I am very impressed with them as a brand to, like, 
they were a toy for kids growing up, you know, as we became in this digital world and toys evolved, like their brand, they found ways to keep evolving and they made movies. Like the Lego movie is a great animated movie. I haven't seen the Batman one, but the, the original Lego movie was awesome. Uh, so I just think Lego as a brand is like pretty impressive to just keep evolving and keep killing it. And like, you know, Legos are good for building the imagination. That's their whole thing. Build something, you know, so go Legos. It's underrated. not really building your imagination. It tells you what to build. Yeah, but no one does that. Yeah, no one do. Everyone no, does it. Everyone no, no, they don't. The Absolutely not. If you did that, you then did you're, the Spartan then you're Stadium Lego. You do the entire. How would you know? You never had it. I've never. seen pictures yeah, of you it. You have no idea. I've you seen no social idea. media. You posts. didn't have. You didn't have. Legos. If it's on Facebook, it's real. We are. We are getting hostile. <laughs> you and me today. We just have disagreed on fucking everything besides our Super Bowl picks. Number ten. Two Ju leading this off. Or wait, it's me. It's me. I'm leading it off. Number yeah. ten on the list valentine's day with the missus valentine's day is completely overrated i'll say it right here it's completely made up it's made up by the company and the governments and everything in between to get you to spend more money <laughs> the government. It's, a, it's a conspiracy <laughs> and it's overrated it's just a dumb dumb holiday to get you to spend money and it's stupid you have an anniversary you have christmas you have holidays you live together it's just dumb. Uh, my wife knows I feel this way. And to be honest, every year on Valentine's Day, I am in the UP of Northern Michigan playing hockey in the Levat Blue Ice Hockey Tournament. That is canceled this year due to COVID. My heart breaks into a thousand pieces because of it. Uh, so this year I will be home for it. I do celebrate it every year. It's not like I like sit out in anger. Like We go out to dinner. It's nice. We exchange gifts. It's a good time. But Overall, I, I just think it's completely an overrated holiday. It was summertime in northern Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Valentine's Day, highly, highly, highly underrated. Why? I love Valentine's because I'm a hopeless romantic. Okay. I love Lifetime movies. Okay. I love, like, spoiling my wife. Yeah. I love uh, going out to dinner for it, having a nice present, you know, a Valentine's Day smooch. Valentine's, <laughs> Valentine's Day, Day you know, smooth. all that. Absolutely love you Valentine's Day. Right I, 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 like I said, you know, I love the like the hallmark moments. I would be that guy, you know, like this is unbelievable. Like I, my wife and I, we're always. We, I was. She gets so mad at me. Like we're walking, and uh, there's this place in uh, Hamilton, Canada, and we're walking down. It's like the snow's coming down on us. I was like, man, this is like a Hallmark movie. Yeah. All you gotta do is lose a mitten, and then I find you at the end of the movie <laughs> with your shit. mitten. So I love those things. I'm a hopeless romantic. Valentine's <laughs> Day, highly underrated. Well, you just won over all the females, all three females <laughs> listening to this podcast. Uh, good for you, Jay. I'm glad. I'm glad you. Glad you like it so much, and I'm glad it's coming. Out. Valentine's Day was fun as a kid when you made the Valentine's boxes. You got all the candy and like did that. That was fun. Um, so let's recap. Bruce Willis underrated across the board. We disagreed on a lot of these. Bruce Willis underrated across the board. UFC Ju said underrated. I said overrated. Uh, number three Applebee's Ju said underrated. I said overrated. Number four dumbbell back row stupid. He said underrated. I said overrated. Number five peanut butter pretzels. He said overrated. I said underrated. Six bucket hats. He said overrated because no one takes them seriously. Uh, I said underrated. Uh, number seven, sleeping naked. He does it every single night. I can't un unring that bell. Uh, <laughs> underrated. I, he said underrated. I said overrated. Number eight, the Nickelodeon the Nickelodeon game view on Wildcard Weekend. Underrated across the board. Number nine, Legos. He said overrated. I said underrated. Apparently that makes me bougie. I don't get that at all. Number 10, uh, J.U. said Valentine's Day with the missus is underrated. I said it's completely over. 
rated. That concludes episode 54 of The Fizz. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, don't forget to follow, subscribe, write a review, and rate this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, follow on Instagram. Don't forget to share this all with your friends, you guys. I do appreciate you guys listening to us week in and week out. We're only trying to grow this thing and get better. So let us know anything we can do better. You can always email at champagneathletics at gmail.com. And then, of course, do not forget to go and follow Sell the Teas on Instagram and go purchase one of their eight great herbal teas. They are awesome, guys. I drink them every single day, and they're great. So just go support the show, support Sell the Teas. Use the code FIZZ10 for 10% off. Good luck on all your bets this weekend. We will see you guys next week. Peace out. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. How did our eyes get so red? And what the hell is on Joey's head? This is where I grew up I think the president would have fixed it up I never knew he ever went without The second floor is hot for sneaking up And this is where I went to school Most of the time I'd better things to do Criminal record says I broke him twice I must have done it half a dozen times I wonder if it's too late Should I go back and try to graduate? Last better now than it was back then If I was them, I wouldn't let me in